Hi, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Billy Joel A to Z. Today, we are talking about the song Big Man on Mulberry Street. Big Man on Mulberry Street is the sixth track and kicks off the second side of Billy's 10th studio album entitled The Bridge, released July 9th, 1986. Although never released as a single, it was ironically released as the B-side on our last show's song single, Baby Grant. Elon, in the 2015 New York Magazine, Christopher Bonanno's rankings, out of 121 song, where do you think this crazy individual puts this crappy song? Sorry, I went there already. <laughs> Well, you always throw me off. I have a good sense of my answer. And then you throw I do it on like, purpose. So I give you clues. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm like, oh, did he put it number two? I think this is number 40. He puts it as 30. I'm with him on that. I like this song. In the Newsday article in 2017, Glenn Gamboa, he puts it as 28th. These However, are smart people. Yeah. But the fans rank it in 73rd. That's more to my ranking. And quite frankly, with this song for me, I put it at 120. Okay, so we're going to come to blows on this song. I think yeah, it's a good is, song. Yeah, we're, this is it. This is the one where we disagree. <laughs> I was angry that we had to do this song. When I saw it coming, this was the song. And after he, I didn't realize I had so much animosity towards this song until I heard it again once we started knowing we were going to talk about this song. But is all of your animosity because you don't like the moonlighting video? That has a lot to do with it. But I was not a Moonlighting fan back in 1986, but I certainly remember all the hullabaloo that happened because that's the way old people talk uh, back in the <laughs> 80s. Um, I do remember all the nonsense and everybody talking about it. They're using it. And I think I remember saying they finally chose to use a Billy Joel song and this is what they chose. I mean, I know the album was new and everything, but it sucks so much. I'm talking about the Moonlighting thing. You know how I, you know, I pride myself on enjoying good dance and especially movie musical dance. And Everyone knows how much you love movie musical dance. That is one thing. If, if, that, if that's on your tombstone, it'll be lover of movie musical dance. Yeah, that and I, I go to the ballet and I, I appreciate good dance. I'm certainly a lot of Broadway. And this this I mean, this mood like it's awful. And I know it's it's directed by the great Stanley Donnan, who did Singing in the Rain, ironically, uh, it's reminiscent of the last scene in Singing of the Rain, which is my least favorite scene. So if they're going to do, oh, let's take the last scene from Singing of the Rain, do it again. I'm already angry. But Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepard are such horrible dancers. That's why they had to bring a professional who at least is OK, but it's so crappy. And then they extended the song even longer. <laughs> well, I think first off. It's funny that you say Sybil Shepherd is crappy because Bruce Willis dances for like six minutes straight, probably had to rehearse for weeks for this. Sybil Shepherd shows up for the last 15 seconds, does one twirl and then gets dragged around. She does nothing. And I bet afterwards, like she was probably like, great job, everyone. That was fantastic. Good hard work. And everyone was probably like, I hate this bitch. Well, yeah, I don't think she said any of that stuff from what I remember of the the animosity that went on for that show i'm pretty sure she didn't say that to anybody the crew or anything i think they all hated her that's what i'm saying this is why because things like this they are working their asses off probably had to listen to this song which you hate and maybe they hate it also because they had to listen to it what 200 times to rehearse this very complicated number and then she just shows up the morning of and is like how about i just do a spin and that'll be it 
well, she was smart. She goes, I don't dance. So can I just come in at the end? Which is brilliant. Bruce Willis should have said the same thing. But he, so he gave ridiculous. it a, sh- a shot. He, you know what? He's kind of wooden, but he he does a lot of hard work here for a young Bruce Willis who didn't, you know, I guess this is, this is the thing. He was at the stage of his career where he had to say yes to anything. And so they said, we're going to do a big dance number. He was like, yeah, I could dance. Well, he probably wanted to show we could dance and he probably enjoyed the song. But yeah, I just, I don't know whether I, I just never liked this song. I never liked this song. I never trusted this song. As far as I know, this song had my friend Angel Salazar, Angel Fernandez killed, not Angel Salazar. <laughs> Sorry, I get confused all the time. I used to yeah, same guy. Salazar in the 80s. It was around that, and, and Angel Salazar was in that movie, so it's even weirder. I'm Scarface. I oh, okay, I thought Angel Salazar's part was named Angel. I, he's the guy no. who ends up uh, hanging from the helicopter? That's Angel Fernandez. Oh, okay. Yeah, but that's not Angel Salazar. Angel Salazar is one of he doesn't he doesn't get killed to the very ending. You know what I would have liked if I'm uh, just thinking about Scarface for a second. I think I think it's a great movie, but what have would have made it really, really good is at the end in that crazy scene where everyone's like storming his mansion is if Big Man on Mulberry Street was playing in the background. You know what, Elon? You're really just getting on my last nerve today. And uh, <laughs> now I all I want to do is take that scene and put that music to it. Well, first off, I, I never saw the moonlighting thing until today. So I, I don't have that kind of thing. I don't have any preconceived notions about the song, but I really like that it's very cinematic. It's this cool jazzy song and you really understand the story. Like I can picture it in my head. I can picture exactly what Billy was trying to convey in this song. And as someone who's born and raised on the Lower East Side, fourth generation in this neighborhood, I love that he mentions my block where I live, Grand Street, his geography, you know, Hester Street, Houston to Canal. It's all correct. And you got to give Billy credit for this, okay? Because in the past, he has gotten his geography wrong. Everyone knows the famous thing and bow to Billy the Kid when he says east and west of the Rio Grande, which is a river that goes from east to west. So that doesn't make any sense. In this case, he, he knows his lower Manhattan geography, and I like that. That does make a lot of sense for somebody who grew up. It's funny because I hate it. I hate that part where he's like, I cruise from Houston to Canal Street. I'm like, shut up. I don't know why it bothers me so much part where he's saying it really fast and I, I don't know what it is about this song that just and again I, I don't even remember how much I didn't like it until I heard it again and 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 I only played it once because I was like I can't do it I cannot give it a second listen and of course it's been in my head all day so it's been driving me crazy well that's because you know what it's it's what they call an earworm and uh, I think it's going to become a new favorite of yours but you are right that you can envision exactly what he's talking about what he was trying to convey I agree with that a hundred percent and, and for people who don't know Manhattan geography, Mulberry Street is like Little Italy. Like if you picture Godfather Part Two, the old scenes with with um, uh, what's his name? Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. <laughs> that guy. Uh, I think he's been in one or two movies. Yeah, with De Niro, you know, business. walking down the, by the fruit carts. That that is Mulberry Street. And you could totally picture a guy like Don Fanucci in Godfather Two being hey, the guy in this song. He takes a big shot. People are giving him free fruit because they're worried. They're scared of the guy. You know, this is what this guy envisions himself to be walking down Mulberry Street. And that's that's too violent for me (laughs) (laughs) when he's watching Punch and Judy. Yeah. Oh, too violent for me. When he comes on the card, he goes, hey, that's that's the only part that, you know, because it was in English. Hey, (laughs) the rest I can't. He speaks in Italian the entire movie. Yeah. I love Finucci. Good character.
Yeah, it was a good character. And it helps you learn that you can silence a gun pretty much by just putting a napkin over it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Why spend money on expensive silencers when you can just put a cloth napkin over the barrel of the gun? <laughs> what do you got there? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, it does uh, remind us all of that, but I can't even believe they added more onto this on a new sax solo for the moonlighting theme. I, how was he okay with this? Well, you know, moonlighting was a good, I think, for Billy Joel at the time, Bruce Willis was probably how he envisioned himself. Like if someone would pick, would make a biopic of Billy Joel at that time, Bruce Willis would be the actor who I think would have played Billy Joel. Nowadays, it would be Paul Giamatti. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in the 80s, Billy Joel and um, Bruce Willis, are, I think, had a similar kind of look and a, that kind of tough uh, East Coast thing going on. What I like about the video also is that at the end of it, the dancer, uh, whatever, you know, I guess she's playing his ex-wife. Is that who she? I don't really know Moonlighting. That's what they say, but she was just brought on for that one dance number. And you know who she is? She plays like the love interest in Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> just yeah. so crazy because she looks kind of like skinny and fit in this video. And in Conan, she's like really buff. Well, she's she's a six feet tall. She's six feet tall? Yeah. Would not have guessed that. Yeah, I know. She doesn't look that big. But uh, what I like is that near the end, she leaves the Bruce Willis character for this guy with really big eyebrows who looks like Peter Gallagher. Maybe it is Peter Gallagher. I don't know. Um, and I like that because I have big eyebrows. So to me, that, that really helps my fantasy of how this would go. Yeah, I'd rather have Sybil Shepherd. Yeah, me hot. too. I mean, her and Taxi Driver. Is, oh, my goodness. So hot. And uh, the Heartbreak Kid. She was I haven't stunning. seen that. She's so stunning. I mean, so I mean, she looks great in Moonlighting. But I mean, you know, boy, what a beauty. What a and, and in Sybil. <laughs> I used to watch that sitcom. I was way too young for that kind of show. Uh, I remember a couple of New Year's Eves ago, I was really depressed and I stayed home. And I just, you know, I don't want to watch the ball drop. So I just watch a, a channel where it was only 90s sitcoms. So it was Spin City, Sybil, and uh, something else. I was watching a couple of Suddenly sitcoms. Susan. Right, right. <laughs> suddenly Susan. You know, Suddenly Susan was like number four in the networks because it was following, you know, the thing that was sandwiched in between Friends and Seinfeld. Always got a break, a pass. Yeah, like the single guy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Boston Common, I think, was briefly there. Right, with the comedian, uh, Andrew something or other. Why can't I think of it? Or name? Adam something or other. No, definitely was not Andrew. Adam? Oh, Adam guy was on uh, The Single Guy. No, that's Jonathan Silverman. Jonathan Silverman. Yeah, all these, all these Jewish actors, they're all the same. <gasps> How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Silverman, Dave Juskow. These are all the same person to me. <laughs> yeah, they really are. We all have big eyebrows. Yeah. You know, it's funny he was, when Billy Joe was talking about it, you know, when he came up with the idea he was working at that Puck building, which is weird. You know, I know that building because there's a bar there called Puck, or it was. It was yeah, I used to go there. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, Rachel Feinstein's uh, Puck, boyfriend. Puck Fair, it was called. Puck Fair. And Rachel Feinstein's boyfriend uh, used to work there. So we used to hang out there a lot. I didn't know, I didn't get that it was part of the Puck building, but he was saying that he was going, you know, he would go out for lunch and he'd bring his notebook and, you must have heard that too. And he'd go down to Little Italy and sit at a table, have a glass of wine, and he just and he looked like a you know a, a songwriter to music. He was like, he's like, oh, see, I look like this guy that I'm thinking of in my head. But of course, that's so silly. He's just sitting. Where, where's he going to just gonna sit at a table by himself, have a glass of wine like he's a normal person? You know, right? Like, he's <laughs> Billy Joel in the '80s. Like this guy was huge. What he did, he put his sunglasses on and like a baseball cap, and was like, "All right, no one knows who I am here." Yeah, I, that's what he was saying. I'm like, "Oh, come on, that never happened." Who are you kidding? He was, was local security? celebrity Don Fanucci. Everyone knows that. <laughs> they would all give him free donuts and stuff. Well, Have a cannoli. Is, 
Yeah, no, it is funny about Mulberry Street. Like, it, it is funny. There is a big, there is a a thing about Mulberry Street, as you know, living there your whole life, and you know, there's all these Italian restaurants on it, and there is a thing about being a, a bigwig on that block. So I remember there was this restaurant called Pellegrino's, and that's the only one I used to go to because I was working at a bootlegger. Uh, place uh, for, for probably shouldn't mention on the show, but it was so long ago. Nobody cares, <laughs> and they're all dead. And they would always every Tuesday these bootleggers go to Pellegrino's all the time. So I got to meet a lot of the uh, guys that worked there and stuff. So I would bring dates in there all the time, and it was amazing the way they would greet you, just like in the movies. You're on Mulberry Street. And they would greet you like, oh, it's so good to see you. But I realized later they were doing that to everybody. But yeah. <laughs> the girls that I would bring there had no idea. So it all looked legit like, oh, it's nice to see you again. Come over, you know, like and it was it. it I, I think they got it from working on Mulberry Street. That's what people were expecting. And that's what they wanted. And until COVID, they were a very uh, popular restaurant. Now they're closed. Yeah, it's like I hope um, you're happy with yourself for spreading that COVID, Elon. <laughs> I shouldn't have gone to all those little Italy restaurants in March of last year. I was trying to support them, but I just kept sneezing. <laughs> you know, the way you're talking about those restaurants reminds me of in The Simpsons, uh, Luigi's, when Principal Skinner goes with Bart and Luigi goes, oh, it's Mr. Cucalamanja and some real ugly kid. <laughs> yeah, he, he also says, I don't know, not, not one, but he goes, I'm sorry, I, I, th I thought you speak Italian. No, I only speak of the broken English. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's him or like that, that other, the uh, Godfather guy from when Homer becomes uh, Krusty the Clown. Yeah, no, no, it was, it was the, uh, the, Oh, it's Luigi also? It's Luigi, okay. yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of the Godfather guys. He says, uh, you've brought some joy to this old Italian stereotype. And I'm like, no, Don, Don, you're not. Yes, I am. I know. I know. I am. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one, too. I think one reason that I like this song, like I mentioned, I like hearing that like my local blocks are mentioned. It's sort of like when you see a band in concert in your town and they make a local reference and the crowd goes crazy. They're like, so we were driving down Route 17. And everyone's like, yes, they're really here. They know our roots. And that's yeah. how I feel when I hear North of Hester and South of Grand. Well, it is awesome. nice to hear him talk about uh, something other than Long Island for a while. Right. He finally branched out a little bit farther to the West. Yeah, a little bit as, as a little bit far, farther. He, he realized he went too far out with Allentown. He's like, let me take it back in. I just that was yeah, too far. we got to reel this back. Allentown, the crowd, you know, people kind of liked it, but it was a little too extreme for a lot of my audience. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So Billy Joel does play this song live quite a bit. It's his 39th most played song. He's played it 129 times. And since 2014, he's played it about three to four times a year. Elon, this is a horrible song to play live. I'd be angry if he played it live. When you go to see Billy Joel, you don't want to hear this kind of song. It just doesn't fit into the rest if you're at a concert. I don't like it. I know it's big and it's, you know, brass and it's a, a or brash. Would that word be uh, brassy? And a and, brash, yeah, or brash. Uh, uh, but I, I just, it just doesn't fit in. I'd be, this is where I'd go to the bathroom. You know, what's funny is there's the video he did from the Russia tour where he's playing the song and that crowd is going insane for it, which is so funny because you would never see a crowd ever go that crazy for a jazz song. But those Russians are just nuts. So there's one guy like air drumming in the front row. They just are going absolutely insane for this song. And when we watch the video for a matter of trust from that same tour, they're also going crazy. And we thought they just loved the matter of trust. But then they also love this song so much. I think they were just really drunk. I think they were just really happy that there were some other music other than the ones, again, 
that they only show on the Simpsons from horrible Russia. That there's, yeah. there's just no music like this there. And they're like, oh my God, he's got more than two instruments. Right. This is amazing. <laughs> it's not just a violin and a piano. The only live version I enjoyed about this song was the one that Sting sang instead in 2014, which is which anybody can see live on YouTube. And that worked for me. His voice, I mean, Sting's amazing, and that worked for me. I, he doesn't have the big band voice, but so it made it that much different and better. I, I really just liked I can't believe how much I disliked this song. It just, oh, that was the only time at that jazz festival that live. Okay, that made sense that the crowd might go a little crazy. It makes sense to play at a jazz festival, but that's it's just like right out of Spinal Tap. I am not doing a, a free-flowing uh, jazz odyssey in front of a festive crowd. <laughs> I mean, that that's what this song is, you know, when you're having a festive time and you're listening to all the classics and then he's putting in this song. This is when I go to the bathroom. But this is look, we know that Billy Joel is very eclectic. We appreciate him for how eclectic he is. And this is just one of the other types of music that he likes to to write. And it's it's a it's a really good swingy jazz tune. I'm just glad he put it on the second side of the album and didn't ruin the first side with it. Well, it's a good second side starter because it starts out with that, that heavy brass sound right away. It's like, all right, this is going to be a good side. And then it really isn't a great side. No, but I, I just it just it, it has never worked for me. And it's not, you know, obviously I've heard the song way before the moonlighting thing. And it's weird. It's one of those songs where I'm like, why don't I like this song? I should. I think it could be uh, like really 120 for me. 121. Yeah, I, I understand. It. All you want to do is dance than this song. Yeah, I went there. <laughs> Well, when I hear this song, all I want to do is dance. It's just that good. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dave, it's time for the trivia portion of our show. Do you have a good stumper about this great song? Yes. Okay. Which famous doctor wrote a book about the same name street? So a doctor who wrote a book about Mulberry Street. That's correct. I don't even know a doctor who wrote a book. Well, Is it do. Dr. Ruth? Now you do know you'll hit yourself in a second, but he's it's it's a trick question in a way. Is he a real doctor? No. So it's Dr. Oz. <laughs> you're no, but you're close. <laughs> <It's funny though. laughs> Dr. Phil. Right no, it's Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> and to think I saw it on Mulberry Street, which of course is hilarious because he's talking about Mulberry Street, Springfield, Massachusetts. However, the irony of this is, and the reason I brought it up is, is first of all, I prefer his rhyming better than Billy Joe's. I, gotta, I guess I made an impression on somebody north of Hester, south of Grand. I know that's your favorite lyrics, but you know what's better lyrics? And that is a story that no one can beat. And to think I saw it on Mulberry Street. I'd prefer those lyrics in this song. But here's the thing. They just started a book burning of this book by Dr. Seuss. You probably heard about this about a month ago. They the, the, the book burning six of Dr. Seuss's books because people have gone insane. And this is one of them because the kid says, I saw a Chinese man eating with sticks. He's talking about chopsticks. And everybody says, that's just awful. Funny thing is, if Dr. Seuss's estate said, no, 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 but it's about Mulberry Street in Manhattan, who would have a problem with that? Yeah, because as people may know, uh, Mulberry Street, the center of Little Italy, is surrounded by Chinatown, and it's creeping closer and closer and making Little Italy smaller and smaller. Yes, and you never see Chinese people with chopsticks. I mean, geez, that's that's a wow. Yeah, only in the movies. Does not exist in real life. Oh, isn't that awful? Burning Dr. Seuss books. It's out of control. 
Well, it's okay. His own publisher. You know, the thing is this, it's six books that they decided not to publish anymore that no one was buying anyway. These are books that none of us ever heard of until this was an issue. If they said we're not doing Cat in the Hat anymore, that would be a problem. I'm sure that's coming. <laughs> it's just a matter of time, Elon. That's how it's, it starts. It is derogatory towards cats. It makes them seem more mischievous and evil. All right. Do you have one for me? I do. So the trombone player on Big Man on Mulberry Street is Dave Bargeron, who was a member of what jazz rock group? Chicago? No, that's a good guess. That was a good guess, right? Yeah. When you, when you say jazz rock, there's not too many options, really. It's a little bit. It's older. It's they, they came out like in the late 60s originally. Oh, I have no idea. It's Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Oh, God. So it's time for the, the Weird Alon parody of, of the episode. Uh, instead of Big Man on Mulberry Street, today's is a Monopoly-themed song, Thimble on States Avenue. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> I'll just tell you guys right now, uh, I'll make various excuses for my voice, but the main thing is that even if my voice was totally at its peak, I would never be able to sing what I'm about to sing, so I Let's apologize. Tell everybody, you were doing an hour-long uh, show last night. I was doing an hour-long comedy show on Zoom for special education teachers in Detroit. They were good people. I, I didn't tell I you to the podcast. That part. That's not as funny, but uh, the other part that you were doing a show is... <laughs> well, it's important because I plugged our podcast, and I hope that they will become listeners, and they'll appreciate the shout-out. That's nice. And if they don't listen, then screw them. <laughs> All right, so here it is. Thimble on States Avenue. Uh, I'm doing that like that bridge section that you hate of the song. Yeah. Okay. Bob. Is it, oh, you're, oh well, you're doing the, 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 the fast the, lyrics to, oh, God. The right. house into Canal Street part. Uh, and uh, and then I'm going to do the next verse right after that, just right. a little bit. I moved from Ventnor to Pacific. I just missed going to jail. I won second prize in a beauty contest, and I can't understand. Why is it every time I pass go, I get $200? I guess I made an impression on somebody north of boardwalk and south of chance. Now I'm in my own hell. I'm a thimble on State's Avenue. I'm stuck in this hotel. Giving all my money over to you. That was just awful. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's okay. It's just, it's just have to listen to any more of that song. I swear to God, even when you sing it, it's like, I, I can't even handle it. But now it's about Atlantic City. Well, see, I can work with that. Well, good job. Well, you, your voice sounded okay. I think, I think people won't turn off. I think they will be, in a way, I, intrigued by where this voice is going. Are you positive? Because when you continued, that's where I was about to turn off. I really wanted to get to that last part because that's the, the part of the song where he normally would say Big well, Man on Mulberry Street. we just cut out the first part and then uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just get into the last part and people will be like, oh, that was short and sweet. Those are the yeah, that was probably the longest days. parody. That was like a minute long of parody right there. Yes, so, uh, it was. That was one about one-fifth of the length of the full song. Yeah, guys. it felt longer, just like the song. Well, folks, that was Big Man on Mulberry Street. If you like our podcast, be sure to give us a rating and a nice review. We release new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, so make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss a single song. And you're not going to want to miss the next one. It's a big one. We're doing Big Shot next, so make sure you tune in for that. 
Follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and give us some feedback. Did the moonlighting scene ruin this song for you? Do you hate it as much as Dave or do you like it like I do? Do you want to hear this song superimposed over the movie Scarface? Let us know. Until next time, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Say hello to my little friend. You know in my own heart I'm a big man on Mulberry Street I play the whole part I leave all